Welcome to the third season of Better News, a series of special podcasts It's All Journalism is producing in partnership with the American Press Institute. I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Better News offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. The effort is fueled by API and the Night Lenfest News Initiative. The goal of this podcast series is to highlight some of the useful research API has published as part of its Better News Initiative. Chrissy Beck is the managing editor of The Chronicle at Duke University, and Erica Perrell is the general manager at The Daily Tar Heel at the University of North Carolina. Their newsrooms teamed up to create the rivalry challenge around the annual Duke-UNC basketball game. They were able to turn it into a revenue maker for both nonprofit newsrooms. They wrote about it for API's Better News Initiative, and they're here today to talk about it. Chrissy and Erica, welcome to Better News. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Thank you. So first of all, tell me a little bit about yourselves. I mean, how did you get interested in journalism and, and how you ended up at your current roles at your respective colleges? Chrissy, why don't you, why don't you go first? Well, I actually started at the Daily Tar Heel. I'm a UNC grad and I worked on the DTH staff as a student. And actually, Erica was the student editor when I came back to be the ad director. So I've always been on the business side, and I love my experience in college so much that I took my J school degree and I stayed in college media. So 11 years at the Daily Tar Heel, a few other things in between, but I've been here at Duke at the Chronicle for 12 years now. How about you, Erica? Well, as Chrissy said, I was a student editor at the Daily Tar Heel during my undergraduate days. It was a, you know, a transformative experience for me in terms of journalism and, you know, that kind of being my calling. I spent about 10 years as a reporter, mostly at the Charlotte Observer, covering local news, and then came back about 10 years later to the Daily Tar Heel as the newsroom advisor. Much like Chrissy was saying, I, you know, really wanted to give more students kind of the experience and the opportunities that I had had as a student. And that's what appealed to me about becoming a professional staff member in college media. I spent nine years as the newsroom advisor, mostly focusing on you know, newsroom. The last three and a half years, I've been the general manager, which is a, you know, a more comprehensive role that oversees the nonprofit that publishes the Daily Tar Heel. So since I've got two People who are, are working in, uh, you know, in, in advising in, in the college newsrooms at this time, could you tell me what are, what are some of the challenges that college newsrooms are facing right now? So I think the biggest challenges are declining print advertising revenues. That's been happening for about 12 years now. Advertising revenues have declined. A fragmented audience, you know, when I was a student at Carolina, most students got their news from the DTH. They didn't have the opportunity to get their news from a lot of other places. Now they could get their news from a lot of places. So our audience is fragmented. Our audience experiences information overload. So it's kind of a combination of changing audience habits and declining revenue on the from print advertising. The DTH and the Chronicle are both independent. So we generate our own funds. A lot of college media that are part of their schools and, and get fees, institutional fees, they're also having their budgets cut because of COVID-related cutbacks. So the, those institutional fees are also declining. Interesting. It, did, it never even occurred to me that COVID would have that impact as well, but obviously it would. And it's also interesting that, you know, the decline in display advertising, I, I mean, that's something that, that all types of publications have been, been facing over the last, you know, 10 or 12 years. 
So it's interesting to see that that's also occurring in in the uh, educational space. So let's talk about the the rivalry challenge. You know, how did this idea come about? Well, we've worked together for years because obviously we're we're arch rivals. We're ten miles roughly apart. Both programs, basketball programs, are really amazing. Both of our news organizations are, I think, top tier, really good programs. And of course, the universities are both really great. So anyway, it just is sort of a match made in heaven. And Erica and I have known each other for years. I think the idea from the program really came from Erica in a table stakes program. I frankly wanted to focus on a content collaboration. She really wanted to focus on fundraising and raising revenue. And I think the revenue part has turned out to be the bigger win for us in the long run. Erica, do you want to add anything to that? Sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think what's also really interesting is that we had talked for years about trying to collaborate around basketball and around this big game. We've talked about, you know, could it be a contest? You know, what could it be? And we never really settled on anything that felt right. And, you know, we were going through the table stakes program. We were really trying to kind of increase the money that we, you know, kind of increase our fundraising, our support from readers and donors at that time. And I guess just two or three ideas came together and we thought, what if we made this joint um, publication, you know, we shared content. What if we also paired that with a fundraising competition and we're able to make money in two different ways, both advertising sales and fundraising. I think, you know, in retrospect, one of the things I really like about this project is that it really does take our whole departments to make this work. Everyone's involved. You know, our newsroom is involved in creating this very spectacular print edition. They look forward every year to trying to figure out how are they going to top the last year's edition. The ad staff, you know, loves to be able to sell the special project to our advertisers. Our fundraising staff is, you know, designing campaigns. Even my work-study students are thinking about how are they going to mail out all these papers to donors. It's like, it's really just a, it's an all-encompassing project and it really helps build a team feel in a place where previously there were a lot of silos. There wasn't a lot of, you know, newsroom and marketing and advertising working together. Now, you know, everyone works on this project. And it creates a win that we all share in. And so I think that's a really important part of it. I know you sort of touched on the idea of this being a revenue generator, but was that the primary goal or did you have several goals that you're trying to accomplish with the challenge? I mean, I think it was essentially a revenue goal, right? We wanted to create a, a news product that we could sell advertising in that we thought our adver- that our advertisers would respond to and that our readers would respond to. And then we wanted to expand our fundraising base. Chrissy and the Chronicle are a little bit ahead of us in terms of fundraising. They've been doing it longer than we have. We were really looking for a way to expand our donors beyond just the people who maybe worked at the Daily Tar Heel as students to readers, to basketball fans, to people who lived in the community. And we saw this fundraising competition as like a really great way to 
you know, widen our funnel, right? As in table stakes speak to get more people in that donor funnel. And this was like, this was kind of like this perfect storm of content that people would be engaged with and opportunities to, to reach folks. Okay. Well, you sort of talked about development, how you got the idea and the, the, the decision was to make this combined print product. You know, how do you actuate that? What was sort of the process for, you know, combining the newsrooms, combining your marketing, you know, reaching out to people. Tell me about that process. I might start here only because I just want to mention an important key in this is having a strong collaborator. We knew the DTH would commit and do as much of the work as we needed them to do. And hopefully they felt the same way. So that was really important at the get-go because in something this large, and this is a very large undertaking for us over you know, about six or seven weeks total of work to put it together. And basically we just met as a team. We divided up the to-dos. We talked about our choices and options, made decisions and got a Slack channel going. And then the students worked together, the editorial staff worked together to make their decisions, business staff worked together to make their choices and decisions. And Eric and I really spearheaded the fundraising part of it. I think that's a hundred percent right. I would also add that we tried to be as make this as simple as possible. You know, we tried to make it easy, you know, like for example, my sales team sells ads into our, you know, 14 pages of the rivalry section and Chrissy's team sells ads into her 16 pages of the, or 14 pages of the rivalry section. And we bill them, we bill our, our advertisers and she builds her advertisers. You know, we're not trying to overcomplicate things. So whenever we could just say, you know, we'll handle this, you handle that, let's not overcomplicate it. I think that being our guiding principle was also really helpful. What did the, the students, what was their experience for doing this? What were they telling you that they liked and what they didn't like about doing it? I really think they liked being a part of something excellent. I think that's more important than you might know. You know, I think that for student journalists in the 20 teens and 20 early 2020s, you know, they have to take a lot of crap from maybe their family and friends for wanting to go into journalism. And, you know, they might have people asking them, like, it's a dying industry. Why do you want to go into it? Or that sort of thing. Or nobody reads Chronicle or nobody reads the DTH anymore. Like a lot of kind of naysayers and being a part of something that got our organization a lot of positive attention and also was excellent. I think is a really, just a critical learning experience, is a critical inspiration experience for them. And I think it gives them kind of college journalists need a little bit of swagger in order to perform at the level we need them to perform at or that we want them to be able to perform at. And this helps them get there. So I, I think that's a big part of it. I would say one area that we got pushback on and I thought it was really funny is that, you know, at one point, Chrissy and I had said, I think we should just, sh you know, we should be sharing each other's stories on our social media accounts during the rivalry. We need to do that. And they pushed back on that. They were like, well, the Daily Tar Heel wouldn't share a Chronicle story. You know, that doesn't seem authentic. That doesn't seem like something we do, even if we're collaborating. And so I thought that was really interesting. And, and I think what we ended up doing was we decided that that those kind of institutional social media accounts would have like a little bit of a, would play with the rivalry. You know, they weren't going to necessarily share all each other's content. 
you said that the the product uh, that the students were proud of being involved in something that was excellent. I assume that means that uh, the results of the challenge turned out to be excellent. The excellent part, honestly, was the fundraising. The coverage to me, though, is solid every year and sort of going, I think, back just a step. The students take the rivalry and this matchup really seriously every year. So to be able to write a whole special section on this was, I think, is a real treat for our sports staff. And I'm sure the DTH staff feels the same way. There are so many interesting stories about this matchup because the game, and when the teams aren't at their very best, is really always a really great game. So I think the content's always really strong. We Our traffic always soars this time of year because people are responding to basketball. So yes, but sort of to switch gears on the results, this year is the best year that we've had in the three years that we've done it. Together, we raised close to $80,000, which for nonprofit news organizations like us is a lot of money. It um, covers a lot of the line items in our students' part of the budget. You know, we're covering student salaries and travel to games when we're able to do that, scholarships, internships. This was a big deal for us, a real game changer. This was the best year. We did win this year, and I have to say it because we lost the first two years. And last year, honestly, we lost pretty badly. So we really wanted to come back this year and, and claim at least one victory out of this matchup. And for us, like we didn't win this year, but we still raised more money than we raised last year. So it's still a win. And what's really, I think, kind of exciting is that every year it does raise more money. And I think the first year we both had really good teams. Last year, Carolina wasn't so great and Duke was really good. This year, neither one of our teams are really all that good. So it's exciting to see that it doesn't actually depend that much on how good the teams are. So that's, that's good. It's replicable. You know, it's not just a one year thing. It wasn't, you know, cause I think after the first year we were very worried, like, will this do as well? Is it just going to be a flash in the pan? Is it, was that just a, was a one year blip? And I think after three years, we can now say, you know, this is replicable, This is, you know, something that our alumni look for, you know, our supporters look for this. They know we do it every year. They enjoy it. That's a good thing. We we now feel like this is something we can count on. Sort of touching on something one of you had said about the students having swagger. You know, obviously, this is a big rivalry between two schools. I mean, this is a collaborative project that you're doing between two newsrooms at two competitive schools. Was there any you know, competitiveness or, or a desire to show that your journalism is just as good as the journalism, uh, you know, 10 miles down the road? Oh, definitely. I think it's pretty competitive, but in a pretty fun way not just from the students and sort of bragging rights on the journalism part or the bragging rights on the game, but our alumni really, really get into this. And I know Erica was hearing from hers at the last minute. There's encouragement on social media. They are pushing their friends and other folks that they graduated with to make a contribution. It's really kind of exciting. I mean, kind of fun. You know, our students really, you know, every year they want their cover to be the best. They want their writing to be the best. They want the social me- their social media posts to be the best. Like they definitely kind of embrace the competition part, even though it's collaborative. That's what kind of makes this more fun is that it's both collaborative and a competition mm-hmm. somehow. 
do you think this would have been as big if, if I mean, you each have produced a special issue for the game separately? Do you think it would have been as big if you hadn't collaborated? Definitely not. No, it wouldn't have been as big. No. So working together is a good thing. I guess that's the that's the uh, <laughs> that's the moral of the story, or the lesson yeah. that we have learned. What did you learn in that from that first year, and how has the project changed from year to year? We've learned a lot about kind of refining and improving things, but in a lot of ways, the blueprint has stayed very similar. You know, because it did work pretty well the first time. I think we've gotten much better at communication. We've gotten much better at deadlines and kind of the collaborative part of that, of the deadlines, you know, we've gotten much better at sending emails um, (laughs) over the last few years. Like I, we have that down pat now. And then this year, you know, Chrissy wanted to add an event and that ended up being fantastic. I'll let her talk about it a little bit, but it was our first ever joint alumni event. It was so fun. We were very nervous about the impacts of COVID on this year's challenge. Also, because, you know, people weren't going to the game and our teams have been good, but not great this year. So it just, we were just feeling unsure about a lot of it. And of course, this is an important year for us to do well, because we both have had a huge dip in print advertising revenue this year, like most folks have. So we added the trivia event. It was Duke versus UNC trivia. We invited alumni from both organizations to come. And I thought it was fantastic. Most of the trivia questions, frankly, I didn't know the answer to, but we had a group of alumni pull them together. It got very competitive and a little bit snarky in the chat in a good way. And in the end, somebody, an alum from the Daily Tar Heel won. But I think everybody went away with having a good time and it built up a ton of excitement. In the next 24 hours, we got, we almost doubled our contributions in that next 24 hours. Now, I know that you said that you were able to generate, you know, raise more funds. Did you see your audiences grow after the special issue? Yes, I think so. You know, it's hard to know because we always had high traffic during this week, no matter when it is. And this year, I think, you know, we're seeing kind of just a little bit depressed traffic across the board anyway, but I definitely the first year we saw increased traffic. You just talked about an, uh, that you had an event this year for the first time. Do you foresee any other types of events going forward? I mean, hopefully when we rent, you know, we're in a no COVID situation in the future, like incorporating live events with this. Yeah, I think the sky's the limit, kind of. I think every year we, you know, we kind of get together in the fall and start thinking about what do we want to do this year or what do we want to do different, what do we want to add? And kind of the great thing is that we know what that we're building on a good foundation. So this sounds like a very successful project and it's something that I think other, you know, newsrooms out there could replicate. You know, what advice would you give to them for doing a project like this? My advice is just do it. Stop thinking about it. You know, we've got to just sort of jump in and and just try to do some of these things. Honestly, when Erica first came to me, I hesitated because I thought it might interfere with our fall fundraising challenge. If I had not just gone with this, I would really be kicking myself because this has been a game changer for us for the last three years. Erica's done even better, but we've doubled our donor base. And this is something our student staff and our alumni look forward to. So um, my advice is please just give it a try. There's really not much that you can lose by trying except for some time. 
Yeah. I mean, I think definitely when you think about the the concept of design do, this was a design do project from the beginning. And I mean, it definitely requires a lot of our time and effort, but yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect to launch something like this. It doesn't have to be every I dotted and T crossed. Just, I'd say, just, just go for it. I've been talking to Chrissy Beck of Duke's Chronicle and Erica Perel of the UNC Daily Tar Heel about their very successful rivalry challenge. Chrissy and uh, Erica, thanks for being on Better News. Thank you. It was our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Better News, a co-production of the American Press Institute and It's All Journalism. API's Better News Initiative offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. You can find out more about the Better News Initiative and this podcast at betternews.org.